This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Please visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, then please click on that contact icon on the website. You can listen to the show by going to our website and click on the archives link at the top of the page. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes, where you can download all episodes to date. Please leave a comment on iTunes and rate five stars if you enjoy the show and to show your support. That would be greatly appreciated. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash Australian Hunting Podcast. You can also follow our Twitter feed at twitter.com forward slash AH Podcast. And also, if you enjoy watching videos, then please subscribe to our channel at youtube.com forward slash Aussie Feral Control. Alternatively, you can find all the social media links on the website. If you want to be part of the Australian Hunting Podcast, then please leave us a voicemail by clicking on the voicemail icon on the right-hand side of the website. This gives you an opportunity to be part of the show, and we will play your voicemail message on our next Straight Shooting Podcast. Donations are always graciously accepted and you can click on the donate button on the website. I appreciate all people who listen and donate to the show. Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people into hunting, shooting and fishing as you possibly can. My name is Jason Selms and without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Col Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. All right, Christian Rabbit Ranger, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Looking forward to uh, having a chat about the humble rabbit hunting. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm really excited to be on, actually. No worries, man. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I can't believe I've sort of actually gone, I think, ooh, 90, 90 91 episodes without doing a podcast on the humble rabbit. So it's going to yeah. be exciting. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. People <laughs> are, um, often overlook them, I think. We have such a big emphasis on... Uh, larger game which is fine but i think people often forget about the the humble rabbit as it were (laughs) absolutely mate tell us i guess you know for people that sort of don't know who you are tell us about yourself you know if the listeners don't know who christian the rabbit ranger is what he likes to do and how he got into shooting um good question actually um i guess the first kind of time i got into it was when i was a kid um with one of my mates in primary school he had an air rifle um and he was an Italian kid, and his um, mother was pretty keen on us knocking off the sparrows and the miners from their backyard out of their tomatoes and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah. But years ago, this was like 30-something years ago, when you could just have an air rifle and there was you know, less stress about the whole thing, and that was pretty much what got me into it. And then um, ferreting a bit after that and just kind of led on from there, really. Um, what about family members? They Were they interested in sort of that sort of thing? or you nah. Got, nah? 
No, uh, not really. I think pretty much everyone that used to shoot, like uncles and stuff like that, when I was a kid, none of them do it anymore. Like, I remember when I was a kid, they'd often go out for ducks and quail in particular. But um, none of them bow hunted. Like, bow hunting wasn't popular back then either, really. It was all pretty much about rifles. But um, they've all pretty much given up now. People kind of, you know, have kids and then... Some people keep going with it and, you know, get their kids into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of people just, you know, struggled to find a time and gave it up, really. So I'm kind of like the only one in the family now that does it. <laughs> what do they think about it when, um, you know, you, you, you like to hunt? What do they, they say? Are they happy with it? Not happy? Oh, I think it's, that's a good question, actually. Um, no one um, in the family is, like, vegan or vegetarian, although I used to be a vegan myself years ago which sounds odd, I know. <laughs> but um, everyone's quite happy. Like, I think it's like anyone, really. Like, not everyone wants to go out and, you know, shoot something or get meat that way. Um, but most people are quite happy to eat it, in a sense. So, like, they're all fine with it, really. I think they know that I enjoy it and that, you know, it's part of my lifestyle as such. Like, you know, it makes me happy to go out and do that. So they're quite happy for me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about, I mean, obviously before we get into hunting rabbits, do you like to hunt any other species or you really just love, love the rabbit and that's your main quarry or what else do you like to hunt? Uh, it is like, it is my main quarry as such. Like I pretty much just go out for rabbits and foxes pretty much specifically. Um, I would like to get a deer. I've never got a deer. Um, I've got friends who have got, you know, always feel obliged to send me photos of the latest sandbar or whatever they send me. I've never got one yet, so <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind getting a deer and even a goat too. I wouldn't mind getting into that as well. Yeah, right. But pretty much it's rabbits. Like That's just what I enjoy. I just like the, the... Like they're a smaller target. They're not as... Like sometimes they're quite easy if you've got a, you know, a big population of them somewhere, but, you know, it's. I guess it's like hunting anything, you know. There's that... You've got to find them, like stalk or ambush hunt or whatever you're doing. There's always something to it. Mm. Do you get into any other, you know, shooting activities, you know, clay targets or rifle shooting or target shooting or anything like that? Nah, not really. When I was a kid, I used to. I was more into the target side of things. Even when I started bow hunting, I was more interested in, like, archery as opposed to bow hunting, like just, like, target shoot, um, archery. But, um, no, not really. Just, you know, going out to get meat for the freezer, pretty much. Yep. Uh, a lot of, uh, when you go out purely just for the hunt, I know, you know, when people go out hunting, what keeps you coming back to hunting rabbits and what do you enjoy so much about it? I think um, I'm, I, most people, most hunters will know what I'm saying. It's kind of hard to explain, but when you're out there sometimes, you kind of, like you can be out there like you're going out to get a rabbit or a pig or a goat or whatever you're going out for. And then sometimes you kind of just uh, like pause and you kind of realize where you are and like it's either just dead quiet or there's a lot of things going on and you're just this like small part in there, like in, the, in that bushland setting. And um, it's quite amazing, really. I think that um, just being out there, if I couldn't hunt, I think I'd still go out and just like bushwalk or hike or whatever i just really enjoyed being out there and seeing things because sometimes like you're if you're in a hide or if you're in camo or something you're stuck in gauze bush or whatever 
and you kind of become part of the landscape and things after a while things start to keep happening around you like I've sat there before and like birds have come and like landed right near me and then they've realized oh my god there's a guy there and flew off you just kind of see that kind of goings on of the bushland that you wouldn't normally see and that kind of pretty much gets me going back all the time yeah yeah, a lot of people do like to hunt. I have another show that I do where you know I talk, I talk to everyday hunters and they just sort of discuss what they like about it. It's always good to find out, you know, exactly you know why people hunt and why they get out there. You know, some people just love getting out in the bush. For some people, it's not even the hunting or the firearms. It's just no. being, being out with friends and being out with family. They just they really enjoy it. Yeah, totally. Like even when I was younger, I used to fish a lot when I was younger, and there was a few mates that used to come out and their um, dads and uncles and whatever would go out, but you kind of realise after all, like, certain people didn't even really like fishing. It was more just uh, hanging around with their mates and, you know, just that, you know, hanging around together and that time, you know, having a laugh together and just being out there. Mm, what about your mates? Did you, have you developed any friendships, I mean, with friends uh, that, you know, you go out hunting with, etc.? Yeah, um, one of my um, best mates, Rick, um, comes out with me a fair amount too he's right into it as much as i am pretty much what the rabbits or <laughs> rabbits but he, i think well he's got um we've both got into bow hunting like fairly lately he's off he's been shooting for like his whole family's been in shooting and he's got more of a background in that than i have um but i think that kind of the target of a rabbit because it's such a small target I think he enjoys that as much as I do. So we often go out for rabbits particularly, or specifically, I should say. Um, but he's pretty keen on the goats too. <laughs> yeah, right. I know he'd like to, he'll be listening to this at some point and he'll agree with me. He's pretty keen to get a goat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess so, so people know, I mean, what sort of area are you from? I mean, uh, what, what part of Australia? Uh, we're in Victoria. Yep. Um, well, it's to be specific, we're kind of West, Victor- West Victoria more than anything. So, yep. um, you know, it's a good contrast. You can go a little bit south and you've got more rainforesty type of settings and then you get more north towards the border and it's more arid. So, yeah. Do you have good a good actually. location? Of, do you have good, like, uh, uh, a lot of rabbits in your area? How far do you normally have to go from home to sort of get into hunting some rabbits? It's funny, actually, I went out this morning and I probably travelled about half an hour um, and had a crack. Um, it wasn't the best morning. I bloody, I hit a fox, but it, um, I got a pass through with the bow and uh, lost the arrow and the fox. The arrow went straight into the blackberries when it, <laughs> once it went through and the bloody fox ran off into the blackberries as well, so I lost both. But usually uh, within 45 minutes of where we are, um, and a lot of times it's just word of mouth. Someone will say to me, look, John down the road's got a farm and, you know, he wants to get rid of a few rabbits or the foxes are on there. Someone's got sheep and during a lambing season they want to get rid of a few foxes as well or what have you and they're quite happy for us to go on. Or just door knocking sometimes. You can find people who are quite happy for you to go on there and get rid of a few rabbits. Mm, no, good stuff. All right, let's talk about... Yeah, I mean, I know when a lot of people start... You know, that they love hunting rabbits, and that's where a lot of people, I think, start. Then they sort of, I don't think they move on, because there are some people that really enjoy their rabbit hunting. Um, yeah. But why did you sort of, you know, that's your main thing. Why did, like, what got you into hunting rabbits specifically? I think it was just the challenge of, like, um, 
Well, well, I guess first, there was just so many of them around. Like, um, I knew if I wanted to get a goat or a pig or a deer or whatever, I'd have to, you know, travel. And I didn't always have the time, but if I wanted to get a rabbit, I could pretty much, like I was saying, I could go half an hour from home and have a crack. So that was probably what got it, the ease of just being able to go and get them initially. But then I think just the fact of it being a smaller target, like just the challenge of getting them for me. Like I was saying, you can have really high populous areas for rabbits and it's not a challenge at all. You could just, you know, sit there and smack them all day. But the places I go to, they're often not out so much. So you've got to sit, wait, stalk, etc. So, But that, I suppose that goes for anything too. Like I say that, but then I've never shot a deer or a goat or anything, so I'm sure they've all got their own difficulty levels as well. You've got to go out and find them, so... <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, you, you've done, been done a lot of rabbit hunting. I mean, how and why were the rabbit, you know, species? Why were they introduced into Australia? Oh, well, if you look it up, there's often two versions of the story. But the one that the most popular version is that they did come out on um, with the first fleet initially, um, but they were kept like they were kept as a food source, so they were kept um, well quarantined, I guess, for lack of a better word. I think a few got out here and there, but they seemed to die off in the bush. They didn't last. But I think it was about, now I could be wrong, but I think about 1859, they released about 24 of them um, for sport, like for them to breed up, but not realising how well they do. And um, <laughs> yeah. it was only a few years and they literally turned into millions. So, And then, you know, we all know what happened after that, but except for the, like, certain areas really... Um, high tropic areas of North Australia, they're bloody, they're all over it. So they've done really well. We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and hobbies gun cleaning products. Visit redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or call Greg on 0415 495 712. Red Fox Outdoor Supplies, the only real choice for Bushnell hunting equipment. Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blade splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it. What about hairs? Do you, if you ever get a chance to have a crack at a hair, you don't mind shooting a hair? Or I don't mind, but I've never actually got one. I have to admit, I've seen them randomly here and there, um, but I've never got one. It's one yeah. of the the one animal, I guess, because they're so closely related um, to rabbits. It's one of the one things I'd really like to get is a hair. I've seen them when I haven't had a um, a gun or a, a bow on me and I thought oh it's always when I you know I don't have the opportunity and sometimes they're as big as bloody Labradors like 
not really, but you know what I mean. They get quite big. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I haven't had the chances yet, but it's on my to-do list. Interestingly enough, I was at the um, clay target range the other day and um, I was on the spot playing, shooting a bit of sporting clays and one actually ran across to the left-hand side of us and into the bushes yeah. and before it sort of got in there, its legs, you know, obviously got pretty large back legs. They're like the, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the back legs, you know. And yeah. you know, I was thinking it could, barely, it could barely run because its back legs were so big. I'm thinking, geez, that's, a, that's quite a large hair. It was unbelievable how big their back legs get. Yeah, they're massive. I, I know people do hunt rabbits who, for one reason or another, I don't know, if they see a hare, they generally don't go for it because they just like to watch them. And, you know, there's such a rarity sometimes, like some places, um, that they just let them go. But I'd soon, I'd have a crack at one if I saw it, that's for sure. Yeah. What's, um, when, when you're normally out like, talking to a farmer, why does he normally want to get rid of the rabbits? What's his main reason? I guess it depends on the farmer from my experience. Like if they're just cattle farmers or sheep farmers, they don't really care. But if they're doing any kind of agricultural work, they generally want to get rid of them just because of the damage that they're causing to their to the land itself. They want to plant something and rabbits are coming in and eating the tops off the new growth or just digging holes everywhere. Mm. But saying that, I have had a couple of jobs at places, well, I say job, but a couple of opportunities to go on the properties where they kept sheep because the rabbit population was getting quite high and in turn that was increasing the fox population. They were coming in to get the rabbits. And then the foxes were coming in and realising that, well, there's lambs here, so we won't bother with the rabbits so much anymore. We'll go for the lambs. (laughs) So it was kind of a, from an ecology point of view, it was better off to get rid of the rabbits to stop the other hunters coming in to get them who were taking the other species, being the sheep, or the lambs that were on that property. Like yeah. some, like I guess it's like anything. Like with a lot, you know, any farmers you go and ask, and some are quite good. Some don't want you anywhere near the property, regardless of the pest problems. So it's yeah. hit and miss. <laughs> quite interesting. I was at a property too, and um, you know, some of the burrowing damage they do is just unbelievable. I got a shit on a farm. Um, where he's got lambs as well and, and sheep and um, you know, one whole side of this hill is literally just you know, one big rabbit warren and they fall in there, they break their legs sometimes and yeah. I mean it's just unbelievable how far these little suckers can actually you know, burrow underground. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point too because a lot of um, dairy farmers, I was talking to a dairy farmer probably about a year ago and it was too far for us to go for the amount of rabbits. He was over down in the Otways but um, because of all the warrens that were everywhere, he actually had a couple of good dairy cows go in, break their legs, and then he lost them. So, mm. you know, it's a lot of money when you're talking about cows, just yeah. for the sake of a few rabbits, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those little bastards, you know. Um, mate, we're, we're talking about, I mean, and I didn't know this, do we Do we have any, is there only one species, just uh, the, the feral rabbit, or what sort of species, do we have a species of rabbit, or is it just we've only got the one? It's pretty much just the European one. Um, I can't remember the name of it, um, like the binomial name of the rabbit, but it is pretty much just a common European rabbit yep, yep. that we have here. So just a little grey number. So. Yeah, true. If we're, Let's talk about an array. This is the good part. A lot of people you know, want to hunt rabbits, and there's obviously many different ways, many different tools that we can use. 
Um, yep. You know, what equipment? I mean, do you use, or what do you recommend when trying to, you know, hunt those those little pesky rabbits? Um, I guess if you, well, there's pretty much you can either go with rifles, like you can go with a twenty two or an air rifle, or a bow and arrow, or some people just use to like to use traps, box traps. Um, you can't snare or anything like that with rabbits. Like years and years ago, I've never done it myself, but I knew people used to you know, you used to be able to snare rabbit wines and what have you, but that's illegal in most parts of Australia now, so you can't do that. I think the best thing to start off with, depending on if you want to bow hunt or a net or um, shoot with a rifle, probably just go for an air rifle initially or start off with a bow or even just uh, cage traps if you know that they're in certain areas and just have a crack from there and just see how you go really. Yeah, exactly. I've never, I, I wouldn't have thought, like, I knew always knew bow was for big game, but I, I see a lot of, um, you know, guys on YouTube as well, and they're, you know, mm. hunting as well, and they're hunting, uh, yeah, fo- even calling in foxes and hunting with a bow. I mean, what sort of, I mean, when you're trying to hunt it with a bow, is that is that quite an interesting experience? or? Yeah, it's, I like the challenge of it myself. I think bow hunting's quite addictive, like, well, then, <clears throat> pardon me, um, rifle hunting is quite addictive for people to use rifles all the time too, but it is a challenge. Like, um, I'm not taking anything from rifle shooting at all, rifle um, hunting, but if you've got a good 22 and you can shoot a rabbit from, say, I don't know, 30, 50 metres thereabouts, um, with the bow, like, you'd have to be a pretty good shot, a way better shot than me, to get a rabbit at 50 metres. But you've generally got to come into anywhere from... 30 to 20 metres. So you've got to improve your stalking technique a lot. I've found like the amount of rabbits I scare off is a lot more than the ones I take home because they're so jittery half the time anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a challenge and I, re- I personally really enjoy that, that challenge. But like I said, there's a challenge to any kind of hunting. But for me personally... I like bow hunting them, and it can be like you know, it can be difficult, but it's all just part of it, I guess. Like that's what I, I enjoy, all the little parts, whether it's easy or difficult or what have you. So, yeah. bow hunting is just one of those things. I don't know anyone who's got into it and then kind of given up. It tends to, you know, stick with you as such. Yeah. Are you trying to go when you're, you know, using <clears throat> a bow? Are you trying to go for you know headshots? I mean, I know sometimes you use. 22 obviously going for headshot when they're going to eat them do you try and aim for the same thing when you know trying to take them for meat or you center mass or what are you sort of doing there i'd pretty much go for the chest so where all the organs are top of the body that's where i always aim for so i generally if i'm using a say 22 or an air rifle i'll go for a headshot or body shot whichever is easier but generally a headshot so the rest of the body's okay but with the bow, I'll always go for a body shot, pretty much. Never a headshot. Even if I know, if, I could, if I've only just got the head, I still won't go for it because I'll generally miss anyway. Mm. So I'll always <laughs> go for a body shot. What sort of, again, for the, sorry, going for, the, for the average bow hunters out there, what, what tips are they using? I mean, again, I don't know anything about bows. I don't really own a bow. I have interviewed yeah. a few bow hunters and stuff. Is there any specific tools you know, a new budding you know, rabbit bow hunter could use and what sort of equipment would they need to get started? Um, well, I, what I did and what worked for me is the first 
bow I had was when I was a kid. It was just one of those plastic recurve bows, so it was just cheap and, you know, it was easy and what have you, and that was good. That was a good beginning. And then when I got a bit older, I got a, um, a cheap-ish bow. I won't say the brand or anything like that because I want to make them sound like they're cheap or anything. But say <laughs> a bow that's like, say, spend a max of 200 bucks and get it for a bow and then just kind of cut your teeth with that and then maybe I gave myself about 12 months with that and then I slashed out a bit and got a better bow from there so mm. I think if you just start off small it's like say with an air rifle you can go out and spend two grand on an air rifle but generally if you just go and buy one for a couple hundred bucks and just you know get your kind of skill set down so to speak with it and then if you're still into it just move up from there. I think every bow hunter's pretty much got a brand that they stick with, whether you know, whether it's like Hoyt or PSE or Matthews or any of those brands. People tend to be very loyal with the brands that they use. They just stick with one brand. So if you find a bow that you like, like go to an archery um, range or um, anywhere that sells bows, will generally have a range there for you to try out different bows, find what you like, and then just go from there. Yeah, what about, um, and I hunt rabbits occasionally, occasionally with the uh, shotgun, which I enjoy too, but how yep. do you, uh, do you, one, do you ever do that? Number two, how do we avoid, um, you know, shooting them and not piercing the gun? Because I remember we, we cooked one on a trip last year, and it, was, it wasn't too bad, actually, but, you yeah. know, I, I was bloody eating pellets, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, like, I've been out with people, one of our, um, one of my neighbours actually is pretty handy for shotgun, but, um, He's always way too close. So <laughs> he'll blow the hell out of everything, like, you know, when he gets too close to it. So I guess it's like, I'm not, uh, don't um, produce to be a, a expert on shotguns or, you know, or anything. I think I've shot one maybe three times in my entire life, so I basically know nothing about them. But I do know that different ranges do different <laughs> degrees of damage, so I guess if you don't get... Try and not get too close to them so they don't blow them half away. Yeah, but sometimes you're when right. you're closer, though, you can actually think, like, depends on what, again, depending on what shot you're using, um, yeah. you know, it does sort of go right through. So that depends on the penetration. Yeah, it depends how far away. So it's all... Well, you would know. If you are like, say you were 20 metres away, is that a... Would yeah, you rather get a good headshot and just oh, no, specifically, be, or it's going no, to scatter too no much? No way, and, no way. It'd be like fairly. I mean, if, even a full choke, I think that'd be you know fairly fairly open. But you know, by the time it gets to say twenty meters, not like considerably, yeah. but enough for the you know, so easily the size of a rabbit. So yeah. you know, it's kind of you know do you, do you you know tar your meat you know with you know getting a gut shot or it pierces the stomach. I mean, you, get, yeah. you can't really do it. With a rifle, obviously, you know, head shooting, but sometimes some of the properties we go to, there's little thickets around, and, you know, you can't really get them with the rifle because, you know, they yep. don't sort of pop out. But when you walk around with the shotgun, often they'll, you know, flush from cover, and, you know, you're like, oh, geez, there's one next to you. Pool, and he's off at the, you know, bullet a gate. You yeah. Know, or you see ones, I don't know how they hear you, I really don't, from like, you know, 20 or 30 metres away, you can see them running from one bush into the other to go into their warren that's under that big bush. It's kind of an amazing thing really yeah i think more often well even this morning i went out this morning i i bloody i missed one i saw about eight or just saw their a white tail go off into the bloody gauze or the blackberry and then i missed one then i hit that fox that ran off as well so it was pretty crappy <laughs> crappy morning but i think that's part of the challenge with them too like you can be walking around thinking you're quiet as anything um and you often just see the white tail just yeah. gone 
That's it. <laughs> and there's a little arse going up and down, you know, and it's like, I'm like, yes. oh, there it goes. It's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, let's talk about, I want to talk about um, eating. I know a lot, yep. there's a lot of people out there that actually really love you, and hares and rabbits as well, depending on different cultures as well. They love eating them. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we talk about, you know, aim for the you know, heads and clean shots so we don't have to, you know, or, or at least the chest so we avoid the, the guts and stuff like that. But yeah. um, uh, let's talk about eating them. What's the, what, what's the best method of eating? Anything, is there anything we specifically need to do, you know, after we've shot the rabbits? Let's talk about skinning. Let's talk about the whole thing. All right. Um, what I'll do personally, the first thing I want to do is gut it like anything, I guess. You don't want it to go get green and start to bloat up, so... I'll generally gut them first. How long after get, shooting them? How long would you say? Straight away? <clears throat> Straight away. Yep. Because I'm generally going to be out there for a little bit longer before I hike back to the car. Mm-hmm. So I'll gut it, put it in the bag, chuck it in the backpack, and just carry it around with me, depending on the weather. Um, and then I'll, I'll either, I can, well, I can either skin it there or just skin it when I get back home, depending on if I want to keep the hide or not. There's a bloke who lives near me who often tans the hides. I often give them to him. He always says to me, you know, keep them for me, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is a bit of a pain in the ass, really, because then I, I feel obliged to, like, skin it properly so he's got a whole hide. <laughs> yeah. um, otherwise, I'll... Um, what I what I do personally, I'll just grab it by the back of the neck, like the scruff, like the scruff of a on a dog. Yep. Um, just make a cross cut in the back of the... in Just yes, in the skin, I'll separate the skin. One. yep. yep. Yep, and then just put my fingers in on each side and just rip it apart, and mm. the whole generally the whole thing comes off. And yeah. what I use is um, uh, secateurs, garden secateurs, and I just snap off the paws at the joint and then just cut them off and then cut the head off, give it a rinse, and it's all ready to go. It's really easy. Yeah, I have. If you don't know that method too, uh, for the listeners, jump on YouTube. It's quite a good method where you put the slit in the back, put your fingers in, and just and it pretty much comes off. You know, it's it's, it's fairly quick. You can do like a gutting a rabbit and skinning fairly quick. You can't you? Oh yeah, I've even if you um, anyone that's listening jumps on YouTube too. You can look up um, if you just type something in like easy gutting method for rabbits or what have you. I don't know if you've seen it yourself. You've seen those guys and they'll. Um, They'll put the rabbit. They'll grab the rabbit by the head, and just put it on their knee and squeeze down the whole gut, and all the gut comes out the backside. Ah, mm. uh, yeah, I have seen that one. Very interesting. <laughs> it's a bit grim, but um, <laughs> you don't have to. I guess that's it. It's all out then. Yeah. You don't have to make any incisions or anything like that. You can chuck it in your bag and just keep going. Yeah, what do you do in, I mean, obviously, winter, carrying them around and stuff is no problem because the you know, temperatures are fairly low. Um, what about, yep. say, in summer, if you're out for a couple of hours, do you, you bring anything with you, esky or anything like that, or how do you, or you just try and get back to the car within a certain time frame? Yeah, it depends because, like, well, I, you know yourself, like you're out and, say, it's 45 degrees and you think, you know, anything you get is going to start to turn pretty quick. Um, what I often do, though, you can get those... Um, well, I guess it's an esky, but it's more like a like a a bag, like a, with a drawstring on the top of it. Um, I'll carry one of those, and I'll just freeze those water blocks yep. in the plastic yep. containers, um, and I'll chuck about four of those in that, and then I'll just carry that in my backpack. And but I won't. Um, I'll gut and clean up the whole rabbit. I'll skin it and everything in that kind of weather, so it's just the meat, and then I chuck it all in that, and it pretty much keeps it cold as. 
yeah, for a good yeah. three hours. So that's a good idea, I think. Like those similar, those little um, Woolworths bags are similar. Those little Woolworths freezer bags as well. You yeah. know, they they sell yeah. at the front. That'd be a good idea too. Yeah, so I don't know how um, people go with bloody bigger game when it's hot weather. Like you see, guys, they get a deer and the cutting it open, and I think bloody hell. Like some, I don't know. Like sometimes it's like forty-five or more degrees. And then you've got to hike back to your car before that meat. I don't know how they um, do it, to be honest. But yep. That works for me. The ice box in that container works for me. It works a treat, actually. All right, Christian, we're just, we're just talking about, you know, when you go out in the field, I mean, you know, and you, yep. you might have a good day. How many do you normally bring home? Do you, if you, you know, shoot a couple for the table, then come home? Do you get as many as you possibly can, depending on the day and how well you go? Or how, long, how does it really work when you're out? It depends on my luck more than, <laughs> more than anything yeah, else. Like that's all of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, sometimes I'm often have time restraints with family and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if I've got say two hours, I'll, I'll take it and I'll just go out. And I might only get one rabbit, but I'm just I'm happy to have that two hours, get out, have a crack, then come home. Um, sometimes I might have the whole day. It depends. Like usually. I think max, I might get about, say, three, four max on a day, generally speaking. That's with the bow, but in the past, if I've gone out the air rifle, on a good day, I might get, like, you know, 16, 20 on a good day. Um, but it's a bit of a catch-22. Like, I guess you then you've got to gut and skin all of those and then try and, you know, get them all back to the car and all that kind of stuff. But it's more time than it anything else with me so just generally I might only get one or two but I've only got like an hour or two three hours max out there so yeah um, you know when like we're preparing some people don't know how to prepare rabbits properly you know they say maybe it's too gamey they don't know how to cook mm. it goes tough like an old boot uh, yeah. what pre- what's your do you have any special preparations like you know you've come you've shot a few you've got them in the esky bag yeah. you've, you've come home what's your preparation from there um, I'll generally treat them going on their age. So the, the younger ones, I won't generally do anything to them because they haven't built up too much of a gamey kind of taste. But the, if I get any larger, older ones, um, I'll put them aside separately because I know I'm going to have to cook those for a little bit longer, like in the slow cooker or something like that, rather than if I just cut, you know, bone that rabbit and then try and coat it and fry it, it's just going to be like chewing on an old bloody boot. So I won't bother with those doing that. But what you can do that works with the older ones too is to brine them as well. So I'll generally just make up a brine mix of salt and water, um, a couple of bay leaves, uh, garlic, and just um, soak it in that for about two hours for a good-sized rabbit. And then it comes out of treat. Because some people don't even like the game, the wool, that gamey kind of taste on older rabbits. They get a bit gamier as they get older. Um, yep. deters a lot of people from eating rabbits. So I think if you do that, which isn't much of a palaver to do, it's pretty easy, um, tends to take some of that out. Do you think and there's a big difference when you're brining? I mean, in the taste, how much of an effect does uh, that have? I think it's better in the sense of it just being, because they're so lean, they don't pretty much don't have any body fat on them. So they can dry out if you like roast them or dry cook them as such and not in a casserole or anything like that. So by soaking them, it tends to lend them to have a bit more of a um, juiciness about them to the meat itself. So then when you fry them after that, they tend to be a bit better. We're just going to go to a quick break here on AHP Digital, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Whether you're into hunting bunnies, foxes, wild dogs, feral pigs or even wild goats, there is only one hunting magazine that covers the lot and a little bit more. Shoot Feral's Australia magazine promotes ethical hunting practices and values in each issue. Grab a copy today at your local newsagent or look them up at shootferals.com.au. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. Are you looking to buy a new or used firearm? Do you want to sell that safe queen to fund your next purchase? Then go to OzGunSales.com. We have over 200 registered firearms dealers Australia-wide and thousands of shooters using the site daily. There are over 2,500 firearms listed, so you're certain to find exactly what you're looking for. We have over 50 years of firearms industry experience, including 8 years online. So why wouldn't you advertise with us? The one and only genuine original Ozguns. Let's talk about that you did mention before, which was great, the young versus the old one. Um, yeah. Do you normally, if you're going to go like the quick, you know, fry, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, yeah. do you, like, what's the, do you only really use the older ones for the, for the casseroles, or if you actually soak them and brine them, you can use them, say, like, in a, in a quick fry, sort of, or a quick cooking type scenario? You can, but they they always tend to come up, I've learned my lesson with the, they always came up, come <laughs> up a bit tough. Um, <laughs> So the older ones, even well, sometimes even with the older ones, like they've got, a, they'll have a good set of back legs, but the rest of them won't be too much. Uh, generally, you don't always have to keep the saddle; it can be just like trying to cook up a bit of leather. So, even if you just take the front and the back legs off, um, and like you can do that brining method, like I was saying before, that works a treat. Yeah. Or even like um, uh, like a chick, um, cacciatore, like a chicken cacciatore, like tomato, olives, stuff like that. Um, a lot of recipes, especially like stew-type recipes, casserole-type recipes that are for chicken, you can pretty much substitute for rabbit. So if you give them a good two, three hours cooking time, they pretty much come up all right. But some people still brine them beforehand just to make sure that they don't have any kind of gamey taste as well. And then cook them for a few hours, and then they just pretty much fall off the bone. They're beautiful. Or sometimes like the younger ones, I'll just take the back legs off and the front legs off and then just bone the meat off and then just roll them in flour and salt and pepper and then just fry them. Mm. How do the young ones, um, you know, generally is there a lot more room for error with the young ones? I mean, how do the young ones taste when you fry them? Are they just like succulently beautiful or? Yeah, well, I like them myself. I love them. Um, <laughs> they are a lot better. They can be a bit finicky. Like with younger ones, people can't be bothered. You know, it's too small. I'll just give it to the dogs or whatever. But um, if you, like, just kind of put in the effort as such and just, you know, you'll notice the difference between the older ones. That's why I really want a bag of hair too because I just really want to... I've eaten hair before, um, but I don't know if it was a farmed hair or whatever, just when I've been out and about eating at a pub or whatever. Yeah. But I, I, that's why I want to compare. So I'm pretty keen to get a hair just so I can compare the ones, the hair and the rabbit too, see what they taste like. Yeah, what about oil? Are we sort of just using you know, your basic pan? What sort of oil are you using generally? Um, 
vegetable oil in general, I tend not to use olive oil or anything that's too strong. So I personally just go for like canola oil or vegetable oil. Um, and like I said, an easy recipe for people who just want to kind of have a crack. Um, if you just take them as much meat off as you can, like off the legs, the back legs in particular, and then cut them into smaller pieces, like a chicken nugget, right? Oh, so, so, um, so, so off the bone, obviously, or...? Yeah, take yep. it off the bone, yep. um, and then put the pieces into a plastic bag and just put in a bit of flour, salt, pepper, and then really whatever you like. You can use um, coriander powder or cumin powder or curry powder um, in there and just give them a shake so they're all coated, and um, then just fry them in the pan, and they're beautiful. Mm. Just like chicken. <laughs> yeah, chicken but better. <laughs> yeah, some people don't agree with me on that, just like chicken, but oh, it is, it's like chicken. <laughs> yeah, is there any other uh, specialty recipes that you also make? So we've got frying, we've got some like cacciatore style, slow cooker style, anything else? Any other recipes you can let people know of or that you know, to, um, get, to give a try? You can roast them. Um, I used to have, my grandmother used to do a roasted rabbit when I was a kid and she'd stuff it like a chook. So the same kind of stuffing as a chicken. Um in the cavity, of course, of the rabbit, and then um, wrap some bacon. Because they're so lean, you don't want them to dry out. Um, so you can wrap them in bacon or um, prosciutto or whatever you like, um, just so they don't kind of dry out. They get that fat from the other meat in there as well. Um, and you can just roast them in the oven just like you would a roast, but they do better if you cover them with foil, like a double uh, layer of foil over the top, so they're not exposed to like the direct heat as such. Yeah in the oven um, and give them a roast. And like I was saying before, that works better with the younger ones as well rather than the older ones because the older ones will still be a bit tough because they'll dry out a little bit. Yeah. What about, um, I know, I guess some people like to use sauces and condiments. Do you just like them? Let's say, you know, obviously one in Cacciatore or that sort of similar style has already got a sauce with it. Any, do you have any sauces on your on your uh, fried stuff or anything like that? Not really? You Ooh. just like the general taste or what do you normally enjoy? Um, good question, actually. I, I kind of, if I do the fried ones, like the recipe I was talking about before, I generally just like it on its own. Yeah. Um, kids will generally go for tomato sauce, as they do, barbecue sauce, stuff like that. They all like that. Um, but if you make a, a garlic aioli or any, if you make your own mayonnaise, which is easy enough, um, yeah. and then just put some garlic in there as well, that's beautiful. I love it. That's mm. the best. <laughs> it really makes a difference. I'm salivating now just thinking about it. But, yeah, <laughs> it makes a big difference. It's beautiful. Hey, what about your family? I'm not sure, so I didn't want to go personal, but you know, yeah. you're married or kids or family, but do they, if you do, do they eat them or anything like that, or your, or your direct family, like mum and dad or anything like that? They all do, um, but none of them are hunters or anything like that. So yeah. not, it's not a case of... Um, it's not hypocritical, like, it, a lot of, like, anti-hunters can be hypocritical in the sense of, like, you know, you're a hunter, you know, you're bad, whatever, but then they'll go to bloody Coles and buy meat, you know, from the supermarket or whatever. But they're not like that, but they're just, some people just don't have, um, they like eating it, but they just don't want to have to go through the um, the nitty-gritty of um, hunting and gutting, <laughs> which is fair enough. <laughs> Stuff <Yep>. like that. <laughs> so, yeah, they're all quite happy to do it, but none of them want to come out and actually um, shoot anything. Shoot anything. <laughs> Mate, I know we were talking about the cuts before, just to go back just a little bit. The yeah. cu- what are the what are the best? I mean, let's say you get a small one, um, nice little baby. It's got a decent bit of meat on it. What are the best cuts on the rabbit? 
I like the back legs, personally. Um, you can basically just take the back legs off, the front legs off, and then just that middle saddle part just divide in half, depending on or three, depending on the size of the rabbit. Yeah. Um, but I prefer the back legs myself. It's basically like a drumstick, like the rabbit version of a drumstick. Mm. So that's the best as far as, <laughs> as, far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Bit of breadcrumbs or panko or something, man. I reckon. Ooh, that'd be succulent. I reckon. Yeah, I love panko. That's that's the, the business. <laughs> and if anyone doesn't know what that is, tell them what panko is, uh, Christian, just in case they don't know. Uh, it's like the mecca of uh, breadcrumbs, yes. pretty much. Yeah, it's like I think if you go, to, I think they sell them where I live, actually, in New South Wales. They sell them at Woolworths, and if you go sort of near the, you know, Mexican food, the Asian section around that side, I yeah. think that's where mine are, and you can get the panko crumbs. They're like a, I don't know, apparently like a weirdly shaped um, breadcrumb, but cut a certain way, so they're meant to be airy and fluffy, I think, and they're just fantastic. Yeah, they're hard to describe, actually, aren't they? It's not like a regular flat breadcrumb. They do have like a volume to them, so... Yeah. Yeah, and everything's good when it's coated in panko. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what. We could probably put an old boot in panko. It probably tastes not too bad. Well, if, if it's an older rabbit, it might be that anyway. So. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, mate, we're going to do... We've got a bit of a segment we do here. It's just a bit of fun. It's called Five Questions in Under a Minute. You yep. reckon you'll be able to take the challenge? I'm up for it. All right. I'll um, start it when I start answering the f- asking the first question in three, two, one. In five words or less, describe uh, what a hunt- being a hunter means to you. Being myself. Yep. A favourite aspect of hunting, what is it and why? Um, being out in the bush, um, basically because it makes me feel... It's a personal thing, I guess. I just It makes me feel... It's, an internal thing, a personal thing, of part of my personality. Yep, the top reason, the number one top reason why you love hunting rabbits. Because I appreciate the animal that they are. Yep, if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Alaska, because of uh, the varied animals that they've got there, and I'd like to see the um, Alaskan wilderness. Yep, favourite piece of hunting equipment you own, what is it and why? Um... My new bow, it's a Hoyt, and I've always wanted a Hoyt ever since I got into bow hunting, and it's the best thing I've ever bought. I love it. Brilliant. Ah, 53.27, another six. We've, had, we've been having a lot of success in the uh, five questions in under a minute, I tell you that, over the last couple of months. Uh, <laughs> yeah, used, I panicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a few people there before was like, when I originally ran doing uh, this segment, a lot of people, you know, no one was really getting it. Then the last six months, like everyone's just been acing it. So, I don't know, maybe people have been hearing about it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a little when you ask. It's like, let me think about it for a second. It fills up too much time. Yeah, I know. All right, Christian, tell us, um, we always like to finish off with a story here on AHP. So, we want to yep. hear a story. Maybe it's maybe one of your best days in the field. It can be absolutely anything. Um, yep. But we want to... Yeah. So when the people are listening back to it, they can feel like they're there, time of day, time of year, what happened, what you were <laughs> feeling. Give me your best story. Um, oh, good question. I think I could go like with the obligatory one answer. Most, a lot of people might give us like the first animal they got, and that was special. Um, but uh, the one thing that does stand out in my head was one day I was out, I was going out for rabbits, of course, and um, the day had a weird kind of feel about it like I remember I rocked up at this farm um, 
and it was early morning and it was all misty and I was waiting for, I was trying to get in the good position before the sun came up so I could get started and I had a good day it all you know kicked off and I saw all my rabbits and I got a couple and then um I thought oh that I had to go I looked at you know clock and I had to go and I just was walking off and um I had this real weird sensation of being watched like I thought well, you know just weird so I turned around and about 250 or so metres away from me up on this rocky ledge was a goat. And I, I often think <laughs> I imagined it, but there's this huge goat and it was really dark in colour. I couldn't tell and it had this massive horn spread on it and it was just standing there looking at me. And I just thought, geez, what's that bloody thing? And I, I, meant, I scrambled, I actually got a little bit of footage of it. I posted on the Facebook page and... Um, I just managed to get a little bit of footage of it in the distance, blurry as it was because it was so far away. And um, I thought, what was that? And I, I, I kind of just ran up to where it was and um, I couldn't find it. It was all flat plains up where it was. I couldn't see where it went. I couldn't find tracks and anything. It was like a ghost goat. It was weird. It was just this weird <laughs> sensation of the day. So that's probably the one that stands out the most for me. <laughs> awesome, <Ghost> man. Goat. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, Christian, the Rabbit Ranger, joins us here on AHP to talk about rabbit hunting. It was a great show. Christian, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. No worries. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jason. I really enjoyed it. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.